Catch new episodes of Dial the Gate weekends at youtube.com slash dial the gate. And for the latest schedule, visit dialthegate.com. Welcome, everyone, to episode 42 of Dial the Gate. My name is David Reed. And with me once again is Mr. Darren Sumner, if I can get this thing to work right. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey. <laughs> I had now mine, I'm unmuted. I had mine off as well. I was expecting the whole run of show oh, thing. Oh, no, I, I, I know. I, I got a good 90 seconds here. Throw a curveball at you here. I just wanted to say hey to you for just a second here. Um, but we're going to be getting with you in just a moment here. So for what's uh, the, the plan for this show is strictly catching up with Darren, seeing what's going on with him, Stargate News. And that's uh, that's the main plan for this episode. So we're going to have uh, some time to catch up with him, go through the news, uh, take uh, live viewer questions. You can submit more than one in this case because these are not for uh, any uh, special guests, just the normal guests. That just It's just us in today here. So it's just us. It's just us. But before we get into that, I would invite you to click the like and subscribe. We are announcing a brand new Discord channel. The link is right there on the screen. Please be sure to copy it exactly. A lot of fans come together each week in YouTube to chat, and now the discussion doesn't have to end. So go to our Discord channel after today's shows. Also, if you like Stargate and you want to see more content like this on YouTube, it would mean a great deal if you click that like button because it makes a difference with YouTube's algorithms and will definitely help the show grow its audience. Please also consider sharing this video with the Stargate friend. And if you want to get notified about future episodes, click the subscribe icon. And giving the bell icon a click will notify you the moment a new video drops, and you'll get my notifications of any last-minute guest changes. That's all she wrote. How are you, man? I'm doing well. I, I've been watching Dial the Gate as much as I could uh, over the busy holiday season and on into January. And I want to know how you are feeling about how the show is going. Uh, uh, are there standout awesome moments or things that you would have done differently? Man, um... Done differently. I'm not. I guess. I guess I would have trimmed a couple of things that I've that I've started to trim now. There's 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 a kind of there's a kind of uniformity with the show that we're kind of moving into that I'm comfortable with. I'm getting into a couple of bad habits that I don't particularly like very much. Uh, but we'll keep those to everyone's imagination. But yeah, I mean, generally speaking, it's 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 really good. The uh, the velocity of the show uh, in terms of the audience interest in it is now what I expected it to be at the start for a while there. We were growing at like a thousand new subscribers every week. And yeah. that was just like, wow, I couldn't believe it was it. a big explosive start. Right. And, and now it's, it's kind of, of settled into a normal it's settled into about a thousand a month, which is what I was expecting. So it's interesting that that yeah. has now, which is still a great number. It's I'm you're talking about channel pleased. subscribers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. And there's a, uh, quite a few people who were in the comments who were like, why isn't this thing getting picked up faster? It's like, well, it's only been around for three months, you know? Yeah, and a lot of YouTubers take two, three, four, five years to really kind of spark. Yeah, I mean, love it or hate it, it's it's a it's a show that's off the air now. 
So there's not going to be a ton of interest at the yeah, start. Yeah, and I think a lot GateWorld's a lot of the the same, obviously, with reflecting the the interest of the audience and people who turn up for Dial the Gate. And the people who go to GateWorld on a day-to-day basis are the hardcore Stargate fans. There's a right. ton of casual fans out there who, if the studio were to turn around and announce a new show, they're suddenly going to start to Google Stargate again, and they're going to yep. find this show. Things like this and GateWorld, absolutely. So I I was interested to see if anyone in the... Uh, we finished a trivia challenge just not 15 minutes ago. If anyone in the group would notice my, uh, my new um, addition... And no one said anything. I was looking at it. Really? I spent the first half of the show trying to figure out if it was like broken glass, like the top of a helmet with a broken face shield. And then I I recognized that that's just the acrylic stand. Right. Exactly. That's destiny is sitting on top of that. I, and I got it on um, Wednesday. It came in. I uh, requested one of these back in October. I was standing in the air force uh, museum in i think west virginia and uh contacted tom over at working props and said i've got to have a destiny for the show so he came through and made this so cool this model and it is absolutely magnificent what he has done the detail i'll post some some photos later but I mean the the detail that he's put in. I mean the friggin' scorch yeah. marks and everything else is absolutely magnificent work. And I've wanted one of these things for years. Cool. And he's just he just came. Is through. that a resin cast? I think so. I think so. It's definitely some some plastic. It looks it's, pretty light. It's it is very light. I um I had uh, I had problems hanging on to it for the first. Um, little bit but um hopefully that and the the shape of the destiny means it's not going to start to sag after a couple <laughs> exactly. years like it's your pretty... coordinate cells back there behind you <laughs> yeah it's pretty sturdy i know my 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 poor constitution class nacelles and then he made um i don't know if this is going to show up at all but he made a, a teeny tiny shuttle teeny tiny shuttle that's that's, that's that's in the scale of the um of the of the ship, so I can actually. It's a sit little it on micro machine. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then, I don't know if you'll recognize this. Uh, it's a little kino ball, but it's not to scale. It's not a kino. It's not a kino. Mm-mm. Oh, it's the Nakai, Nakai, uh-huh. the Nakai ship. There Is that go. not legit? That's and legit. I asked for a custom display stand, and he was like, "Well, we'll see what yeah. we can do." Not necessarily. I custom. still just have this replicator block from Dean. Hang on, just a second here. Oh, <laughs> that's one of the originals. I got you got to remind me next time we do this, and I'll pull my my screen used Zat gun out of the garage. You still should have the um, um, the Asgard communication stone. I do. Mm-hmm. It's in a box. There you go. I got to pull that out too. They um, he created a custom display case or display stand, which he is now selling as well, but um. Oh, it's got the whole etching. I know of the ship right on there. Yeah, the etching of the ship, and then you've got is that an address? It's got an address on the front on the front piece here, um, and then just there's the, some ancient on the side there. Exactly, the work is stellar. 
Yeah, that's amazing. What does the ancient say? I haven't bothered to translate. Say destiny. Yet. It should. If if um, if I had to guess, so he's he's pretty good about that kind of thing. I'm gonna have to go and translate it, but I haven't really bothered yet. So it's only say something <laughs> random. I'm gonna say like, it's gonna say like Harold or something. <laughs> well, the um, the uh, uh, the ice cream cone ancient stunners here. They say on the side they say made in China. <laughs> in ancient. In ancient. That's right. That's great. So news items. Yeah, we, have we got a bunch for news. So Brad Wright was on the companion. Uh, was it? I get. Was it November? It was in November. It was right before Thanksgiving. Okay, and that was his latest update on Stargate. And what did he really have to say? Um, we did a full write up of of what he had to say Stargate wise over on GateWorld.net. If people want to go read the full thing, but let me read the quote here. Brad started out. He knew that people were going to show up for an AMA. And the first thing they which were going to ask me anything, ask me, anything. which I did not know. Uh, we'll get there. You and I are both <laughs> old men, but we'll get there. Uh, you know, people are going to ask him, is there a new Stargate show? We've been reporting on GateWorld since the start of 2019 that Brad was in development on something. So here's what he said. He said, I just want everybody to know that MGM and I are working on something. It's just too early to talk about. And it's partly too early because there is a pandemic going on. And that's kind of ground a few things to a halt. But we are working on something. It's very exciting. It's something that we've been talking about for a while now. And I love it. I'm excited to have the possibility of making it someday soon or someday period. Uh, and here's where he gives us some detail, which again confirms what we've been reporting for a while now. Uh, Brad says, I'll say this much. It exists in the universe that you already know. It's not a reboot. It's not a completely new thing. It's a continuation. Uh, and I'll leave it at that. I'm not allowed to say anything more. I'm sworn to secrecy. He so, of course, GateWorld reached out to Brad and said, can you say more, though? Can you give <laughs> us a little? And he wrote me back and said, no, I, I can't. I got to wait for MGM to yeah. have something to say. That's fair. And Brad would be the last to overwrite his own mythology. I mean, that just makes sense. Yeah, the fact that they ended up talking to Brad uh, end of 2018, early 2019, really shows that, that MGM sort of turned their attention toward the existing mythology, the existing, the past shows, the existing fan base, and what most fans wanted. Yeah, we Stargate Network, the uh, Stargate Network, sorry, Bryce. The uh, Stargate Command website was still on the air at uh, online at that point, and when it went down, I was very concerned that that everything Stargate related in MGM's mindset was going to go and on the back shelf somewhere. It's like, please yeah. God, if you're going to shelve us, it was not fine, a good sign. But do not shelve him. Uh, and yeah, so it's um, it's I'm still pretty optimistic about it. But the question is just when, you know? I mean, that's 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 the hard the hard one. And right now, you know, so much stuff is ground to a halt. So yeah, and LA, I do I don't a know lot what's of going to happen. I do a lot of uh, reading of the tea leaves and kind of uh, making my best guess based on based on some contacts that I have, yes, but also based on just kind of knowing how the industry works. Mm -hmm. And COVID had a big impact on film production, obviously. You can read this across all the trades, the way that everything shut down around March. And then uh, some production started opening up again in September and into, into October in Vancouver. Uh, so there's work being done, but right, there's COVID protocols. You talked at length with Joe Flanagan about his 
COVID protocols for, for shooting right. C in Toronto. He was in quarantine while you were interviewing him on dial the gate. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's such a weird time. It just, it, it makes new Stargate impossible to predict. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how things unfold and the velocity at which things start to pick back up. I mean, um, I have serious concerns about MGM if I'm, if I'm to be speaking completely candidly here. So you yeah. published. So this uh, is another next story. piece. Yeah. MGM. Um, I mean, they bond is costing them millions every month that it doesn't come out, you know? And I, they, didn't they, didn't, didn't uh, HBO offer to pick it up for like 300 million or something? Yeah. So the headline here from uh, December is that MGM, which owns the Stargate franchise, may go back on the selling block. The whole, the whole studio might be bought by someone. Now that's different than MGM selling off its assets, which I've also heard people talk about. This is not that. This is not MGM selling Stargate or selling Bond or selling other things that they own a stake in. It's somebody actually coming along and buying the whole studio. Uh, and so the whole yeah, library of movies that go with and it. all the libraries. Thousands of films. One of the most valuable things that MGM has to offer the industry is its library because they've been around for who knows how many years. Uh, the better part of a century. Mm-hmm. They have a huge library of film and television. In addition to all the stuff that's currently in production, they they just own all this IP, uh, and it's really lucrative. So, I mean, yeah, the the long version of this, since we're on a podcast, we can do the long version of this. <laughs> um, Stargate fans remember that MGM went bankrupt in 2010. This was when Stargate Universe was Poor on the air. Um, uh, just when we needed a studio to step up and say, hey, okay, we're going to go find a new home for Stargate Universe, or we're going to ne- negotiate a better deal with Sci-Fi Channel. For we're season get three. Up for a season three. Uh, the studio was in bankruptcy. There was no one there to t- pick up the call. And there was no one there to even try. Uh, so what happens in 2010 then is that uh, because MGM went through bankruptcy, its creditors came to own the company, came to own the studio. So everybody that MGM owed, owed money to is now the owners of MGM. And their plan was to build back up the value of the studio and eventually sell it. That was always the plan. As far as I can tell, this was always the plan was those investors are trying to recoup their money, recoup their losses when MGM declared bankruptcy. They want to build it back up and then sell it. Uh, and the question has been over the last decade, okay, when is that going to be? When is MGM going to get get to a good enough point uh, in its in its financials where they're ready to sell? Uh, and in, uh, just read the, some of the article here, mm-hmm, it's, that's been punctuated by the bond films because bond is the biggest thing that MGM has going. Uh, it so gives them in, an infusion of capital every four or five years. I mean, didn't Skyfall do 800 million? Yeah. So let's see. Um, that's a huge infusion of capital. Skyfall came out in 2012 mm-hmm. and brought in $1.1 billion dollars. That's that's uh, worldwide, right? It's global. That's yeah, that's global numbers. So they and, they don't always recoup all of that. You have people have to understand, like particularly like in China, like a lot of those yeah. those that money, they don't ever get, they don't ever turn it over. So well, it's, it's also a not profit. People yeah. uh, just kind of look at the bottom line and okay, you got to subtract obviously the film's production costs. Mm-hmm. You have to subtract the advertising, first, the advertising, the marketing a huge budget chunk. 
which is millions. very often for these big tentpole movies, it could be in the hundreds of millions. Yeah. And then you have to subtract the amount that screeners take, right? The, the theater gets to keep 50% of ticket sales usually. So we don't know what MGM made from that, but uh, Skyfall did great in 2012, 1.1 billion. Uh, Spectre was the next Bond movie in 2015. It had a worldwide gross of 880 million. Spectre was what I was thinking. Which is still great. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, what happened then was uh, the the person who was in charge of of MGM, uh, Gary Barber, was ousted in 2018. And the trade reporting says that uh, one of the reasons Barber got kicked out uh, by the other owners of the company is he uh, reportedly entered into unsanctioned negotiations with Apple to buy MGM for around $6 billion. Uh, and the board said, no, we're not ready to do that yet. Barber's out. Uh, and they said, if we hold on to this, if we keep building up MGM for another couple, three years, we could probably get more like $8 billion out of it. So that was the target three years ago. And now it's 2021. And uh, MGM, according to Variety, MGM is worth about $5.5 billion right now. Which was is Apple eight. Was Apple potentially considering selling it or considering buying it for the six billion? Uh, we don't know. Okay, but that's we just the price tag those, that was floating around. Yeah, how far those talks went, or if, if if Apple was ready to pull the trigger at that point, we don't know. But obviously, since then, Apple has launched their own streaming service, mm-hmm. and so like some of these other big, uh, big giants who were getting into streaming, they're in need of content. So buying a studio that has a ton, not just a big library, but a ton of IP that you can turn into TV shows and sequel movies and all that for Apple TV plus MGM's a good fit as opposed to Disney, right? Disney is not just a tech company getting into streaming. It Disney also has owns, a library. Also content. owns a, a ton of content. No. Yeah. It's the same thing with, um, with uh, Warner. You know, Warner is owned, I think, by AT&T, if I'm not mistaken. And they've got a huge uh, library of content. Like all of uh, all 17 or 18 films that were slated for um, release in the theaters in 2021 are going to be released now on HBO Max. And there are high up people who are pissed and just devastated about it. I don't want to watch The Matrix on on HBO. I don't want to watch the new Dune on my television. I want to go to the theaters for this. And I know that they'll be like in the the theaters, but exactly. I can't wait for it. But I mean, how many people are actually going to go and do it? Yeah. You know? So, I mean, this is the question, Um, especially after the impacts of COVID. I've, I've said in the past that it, it always seems to me that MGM is one bond movie away from bankruptcy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I'm not an analyst, but uh, the, the fact that they could not release the new Bond film, which is No Time to Die, in its original release window, November, which was this last fall. Uh, as you said, they've had to, to kind of sink a lot of money into the delay. And it's uh, the last delay was April. Uh, it's supposedly coming out in theaters in April, but it remains to be seen. It's January. It remains to be seen what the cinemas look like in April. And if No Time to Die can make seven hundred, eight hundred billion, it's not going to do that. Million, excuse me. 
it's it's it that's not possible the the people that i talk to are not going to movie theaters anymore and i talk to a lot of folks lately and they're just not interested i mean i don't want to sit there in the movie theater with with my mask on when i can go home and and watch it on hbo max or something similar without my mask and you know have whatever to eat and drink that i want there at more reasonable prices i just i really have a feeling that i mean until inflation makes this irrelevant anyway the billion dollar film is over what do you think i i i still think it's coming back eventually but not you this do. spring okay i think theater going is coming back eventually you think so uh, yeah i mean once we have widespread vaccinations and and people are no longer afraid to to stand within six feet of each other uh, right now i certainly don't want to sit in a dark room with recycled air uh, surrounded by people I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it'll come back, but I don't know if it'll come back in time. I don't know if MGM can sit on this movie for another year, 18 months. Um, we don't know. Again, it's just kind of armchair speculation as to where they're at. But that was the goal. The goal was to build up the valuation of the company and then sell it. Uh, and so now, as far as Stargate goes, mm-hmm. we're all kind of left wondering uh, are they going to go ahead and green light a new Stargate right now before they sell? Uh, if they sell, is it going to be anytime soon? Or are they going to have to wait until they get a big payoff from Bond? Uh, and if if they sell, uh, is the new owner of the company going to, going to want to make Brad's project? Be interested, yeah. Or start over? Right. Yeah, I think that any of that out of any of that the last one i think is is the one that makes me the most nervous because yeah someone else could come in and say you know what i want to even if a hoping that they even like the stargate property um because you you had like someone like les moonvez who was over at uh, uh cbs had no affinity for star trek whatsoever and then you know for better or for worse we have we have the star the star trek that that we have now which some would argue is is a shadow of of its original form but uh i'm not going to get into all that that my concern is that someone is going to pick up mgm is going to say either no to stargate or yes to stargate but it's a stargate that that person wants to create and you know what 364 episodes is way too much baggage let's get rid of it and start from start from zero and work our way forward um those are my concerns and it's really going to be interesting to see what happens yeah. in the next next few years. I would hope that it's not that. I would hope that a new owner would uh, pump the brakes and take the temperature of the fan base to decide what's best for that franchise. Um, I guess my fear then is that it's just going to take forever because, you know, if, if everybody's basically ready to go now, let's sign the contracts, let's do the deal, and we can start production on the fourth Stargate series. If MGM gets sold in the spring or in the summer, then uh, it might be another year or two before they get all their ducks in a row and figure out what they're going to do with the IP. Right. Right. And it does seem like, <laughs> for better or for worse, whatever does come out with with Stargate recently in terms of making it available to new people, we're not doing so well. And I wanted to get into that next with um, uh, with Netflix. So Stargate SG-1 was added to Netflix in, was it December? Was it November? It was somewhere around there. This is the one I didn't open. 
Sorry. I'll get you details. And either someone at MGM. Yeah, 1st of December. Okay. Or someone at Netflix requested um, the library for SG-1. And they give them the version of Children of the Gods with nudity and slap a TVMA rating on all 10 seasons, which is not reflective of what the show is at all. Um, nudity was something that was added to the pilot. It was something that uh, that Showtime wanted. It was potentially something that MGM wanted to kind of up the, you know, the ante of the show. But the show was, was yeah, always was meant to be a family cable. series. In 1997, uh, premium scripted television on cable meant F-bombs and nudity. Yeah. This yeah. was before The Sopranos. This was before, Way before. Dexter and uh, the sort of high quality drama. Mm-hmm. And it's made a huge rift in in online fandom because everyone's just of course, you know, correctly freaking out that there are there are potential new audience members that are going to look at that rating and say uh, no, not for me, or no, maybe for me, but not for my family. And it completely misses the point of what the show is. Yeah, it's going to scare off a lot of people. Um, uh, uh, okay, let's let's back up here. There's three different versions of Children of the Gods. There's the original that aired on Showtime, uh, which had full frontal nudity. Mm-hmm. There was the syndication version, which you've probably seen in reruns elsewhere, like Sci-Fi Channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the 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 scene is still there, but it's it's edited from the shoulders up, and uh, and then there's Children of the Gods Final Cut, Brad's revision from 2009 that uh, that also cut around that, cut out the nudity. Um, and I looked around when I was doing the write up on this. I looked around because in the United States, Stargate is currently streaming on three different services. SG One is on Netflix, it's on Amazon Prime Video, and it's on Hulu. And those three services all have three different versions of the pilot. Oh my God. Seriously? So now you're starting to think okay, did they request them? Did MGM deliberately decide to send each, each streamer a different copy? Or more than likely, I think my take on it. Uh, Again, just kind of knowing how the industry works. My wife used to be a, a librarian for a media company. More than likely, it's probably somebody uh, inside MGM Pulling or working for a third party that MGM hired to manage its library who just says, okay, Stargate SG-1 and just pulled it off the shelf and sent it. And doesn't Having know no what context. the difference is or what they have or what the impact is going to be for Netflix viewership or for the show. Now, that's one problem. One problem is they get that copy. It's also a worse copy of the, the show, right? TVMA or not, nudity or not, it's it's uh, it's not the best that Stargate it's has. It's not representative of the whole, yeah. Because uh, MGM has also recently upscaled SG-1. Right. The originals, the first seven seasons before they switched to digital cameras, uh, those were available in standard definition, 480p or so, uh, in 4.3 aspect ratio which was the original broadcast. Which is not what's available on the DVDs. So the DVD yeah, we quality got the DVDs. is still better. We got the DVDs and we got widescreen for the first time. Uh, I was just, 
uh, having an argument with somebody in the comments on GateWorld and uh, <laughs> went back and, and was watching your old walkthrough with Bruce Woloshin when he took you and Denise through yes, Rainmaker, Rainmaker Digital. Digital. And you have a whole day at Rainmaker video that's still archived on GateWorld's YouTube yeah. channel, uh, where Bruce kind of shows you the process. And at one point, he explicitly says, uh, you know, how it works. They, you know, you're only seeing 4.3, but the show is actually shot for 16.9. So now that the DVDs were coming out um, for the first time, we actually saw the show that they were making, which was the widescreen. If you want to watch widescreen and if you want to watch upscaled to a higher resolution, in the US, the only place you can do that right now is on Amazon. Hmm. Netflix doesn't have those copies. Now, do you have to have Amazon Prime to get it or do you have to buy it separately? Uh, it's, it's included free right now with Amazon Prime. Okay. Uh, it's also for sale Okay. if you want to buy it separately. Speaking yeah, Amazon of, Prime subscribers, that's the best place to watch it right now. So, I mean, we just want to make it available to everyone over at you know, Netflix because that's a huge new potential audience for, for seeing this thing. And these are the numbers yeah. that MGM needs to see. Now, a so, lot of people say, well, I don't have Netflix. It doesn't matter. Right. Well, really, a well, lot of people have Netflix. Yeah. It's a huge audience. And uh, the exposure of Stargate SG-1 to that audience it's a big deal for the franchise. It's it has the potential to get a lot of new viewers. If it's successful, then they can bring in Atlantis, and then they can bring in Universe. And who knows? Maybe MGM behind the scenes is talking with Netflix about doing the fourth Stargate series. Mm-hmm. Maybe Netflix wants to know what the audience is like. Mm-hmm. But what they've done is they've classified all ten seasons, two hundred and fourteen episodes, as for mature audiences only, and so they're cutting their own audience in half. Yeah, if you don't even have to watch from the first episode, I just picked an ep- episode at random. I dropped into season three and I clicked on Ergo. And guess what? As the the first shot opens with the TV screen, the the map transmission of the tropical planet at the beginning of Ergo, up there in the corner, it TVMA. says TVMA nudity. It's wrong. <laughs> it's, it's... I've, been, I've been really writing this on Netflix. I think uh, all the effort that fans have put into uh, uh, having the, the, the Twitter campaigns to, to rally people, to bring back the show, to make an impression on MGM that this fan base is here. Fans got to rally around this because the fact that Netflix has the entire series labeled TVMA is the worst thing to happen to Stargate in years. Yeah. Yeah, it's just irresponsible. So, Robert... C. Cooper had um, a similar comment at the end of his uh, recent chat in part two of our interview with him. And he's just like, you know, what the heck's going on, guys? This was a huge misfire. So The data is also there. Mm-hmm. Uh, every episode of the series has received an official rating from the studio, right? It pops up if you watch it on Sci-Fi Channel. It pops up as, you know, TV 14, TV PG. Not every episode is the same, but the no. data is in there. It's in, a, it's in a spreadsheet somewhere at MGM, what each of those episodes is actually rated. Yeah, they need to take advantage of it. And the merchandise for Stargate uh, has continued recently with a, a, another, like, que- it's like, you know, we, c- we could do this. We could spend all the money on it, but we're yeah. going oh, to do we're, just we're enough. burning through these news stories, aren't we? Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. It's right. not going to not going to be a great deal of time uh, taken into them. The Stargate SG One complete series Blu-ray set is now available with Jonas on the cover. 
Now, amazing. SG One is finally on Blu-ray. On Blu-ray, which we've been clamoring for for what twelve years, fifteen years, and they are. Someone is not. I love Corin Nimick, and you know, if I were Corin Nimick, I'd be like, "Yes, I'm on the Blu-ray cover," you know. But it's not telling of what the show is, you know, any more than it would be to have uh, the season nine cast in that photo on the box art and not have RDA. Sure. You know, it's not telling of what the show is at its core to not have Michael Shanks on there at the very least. Yeah, it's uh, not alongside representative. Corrin, of the show it's uh, nothing against season six or against corn and again it's just evidence that somebody was given a job to make this box art who just doesn't know the show and so they just grabbed some assets that they had available that these are from, from stargate yes they're from stargate but they're not they're mm-hmm. yeah. so you have the picture of the box up up on the stream uh have you looked closely at it can you tell what else is wrong other than the fact that it doesn't have Daniel on it, what else is wrong with this picture? 10 seasons, 214 episodes, 127 hours of bonus content. Um, there's something wrong with it? It shows, a, again, a, a lack of knowledge of the show and a lack of effort. What I affectionately refer to as a one-cheek job. I'm missing it. And I've stared at this thing. Yeah. Does anybody in the chat know what's wrong <laughs> with this picture? Uh, I mean, you've got the. Well, let's start here. Oh, you mean it doesn't have the arc of truth and continuum in it? No. Or does those it? are not part of the television show. Right. It says the complete uh, series. Okay. How many chevrons are on that Stargate? Oh, my God. I wasn't paying any attention whatsoever. Not only are there eight, but you'll notice they're not equidistant. No, and it looks like they photoshopped in at like the the ten o'clock and two o'clock marks. Like they they've just cut it so that they can like tweak it. Yeah. So what I, you had here wow. was you had an asset that somebody found when they were putting this together, presumably at VEI, uh, which is the the sort of budget DVD company that released this under license from MGM, uh, they probably had like a half of a Stargate, maybe a third, uh, but a half of a Stargate. And so they've just mirrored it and flipped it. So if you go around the gate, you'll also notice there are there are repeated symbols. The symbols that are at, it's too small to see on, on my screen here, but I think yeah. the symbol just past 12 o'clock uh, is mirrored just before six o'clock, straight below it. Yep, I didn't even notice that. Look at you. So they took part of a gate and they made a whole gate out of it, which is fine. It looks nice if you don't care. It's it serviceable. Looks like the cover of best. a Stargate Blu-ray set if you are not a fan. Or if you're walking through, you know, you know, the discount stores and on the street of China at night. Yeah. Um So that doesn't bode well. But no. I think the real issue is what's on the discs. Right. So they're not they're not actual uh uh transfers back to the original film negatives they are hd upres which for when star trek the next generation was going through it there's there's an extensive um uh, blu-ray special feature that that came out for season one and they they had done hd upres tests and they were deemed unsatisfactory 
But for Stargate SG-1, apparently they are deemed satisfactory. And they are they're fuzzy uh, compared to, uh, to film, but they are better than the, the, the 480 DVDs. Yeah, they're so. they're likely better than what we have. Um, I right with Stargate or with uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, you had a whole you know multi million dollar yeah, CBS remastering project that was led by Michael and Denise Okuda to go back and not only remaster the uh, the episodes. Right, I think they went back to the film negatives. They went back to the film negatives. They recreate a lot of the digital assets no longer existed, so they recreated from scratch phaser shots you know yeah. the crystal identity so they, the whole bit all the visual effects all the external ship shots they redid it all in cg so it looks gorgeous and it's 1080 i watched through tng with my kids uh, in the new remastered versions it's beautiful and, oh my god that's my favorite show of all time yeah uh it's the it's the show that made me the fan that i am and of sci-fi it's, of sci-fi it's such an incredible experience mm-hmm. um and you know they did they did things like you know this was a model this sh- this ship was shot as a model. Mm-hmm. ILM uh, did a lot and, of those and, original and shots. Lit. So when they built it digitally, they uh, in certain cases right they want to match what was on screen as much as possible. So they did these little things right. This is not how we would do this digitally today. We'd maybe make it more more smooth as the ship is moving or whatever the effect on screen is. Uh, they actually tried to match what the original models were doing, which is fantastic. Uh, Stargate SG-1 is not that. These are not remastered. Uh, as far as we know, they're upscaled. Gateworld has confirmed with MGM that Stargate SG-1 seasons one through seven have been upscaled. Uh, so, so what does what that is, mean when you take it out of the box? What is upscaling? Yeah. Do you know anything about that process? Uh, uh, not not specifically, no. I, I'm just aware that it, it um, it's not the same either as uh, the... Um, the the rendering that's being done now with AI. So it's it's something separate, and it's something that's been around for about ten years, if not more. Yeah, it's not the the AI stuff that we see. Um, lots of fans are doing AI projects as sort of proof of concept. You know, this is this is how DS Nine would look in HD today uh, mm-hmm. using this artificial intelligence uh, algorithms. AI upscaling, yeah. Uh, but for for Stargate's upscaling, it's I'm not a tech guy. I don't know how it works, but uh, you're basically you're uh, improving the image by doing some sort of interpolation of pixels uh, so that you get a crisper image. It looks better. It really does. This is what we see on Amazon. If you go watch the episodes on Amazon Prime Video. But uh, they're probably still compressed on Amazon, too, as they're streaming. Probably so, yeah, because they're streaming. So we don't know. Amazon doesn't tell us the, the visual quality of those. I'm guessing it's probably 720. 720p okay. is technically HD. It's the bottom rung of HD. But what do we usually get when you go to the store and buy a Blu-ray set? Well, now you can get, you know, 4K, 6K. Yeah, but if you're not investing in 4K, Blu-rays are usually uh, 1080. 1080. So it's not even that. So I don't think that these episodes of SG-1 are 1080. But here's the problem. We don't know. Mm-hmm. VEI is not talking uh, we've asked. They're not. Them, I've, they have a very limited amount of information on their webpage. Okay. That this is a you know a super clean copy, uh, but not a lot of technical specs. And uh, I've reached out to them probably three times now, and I can't get anything back from anybody. They're not talking. 
Okay. What about um, this says here? We don't know what's on these discs. This says including extended episodes. Now, did they did they preserve threads? The extended edition of threads. Okay. So it's on my list of questions to ask them. Uh, Does it have the longer version of threads? Which you'll remember we didn't get on the the first DVD release. We had fans had to go back to MGM and point out the fact that they included the shorter cut of threads, and yeah. MGM did a disc repl- a free disc replacement, replacement by mail. Um, so yeah, uh, we don't know that. I'm looking at the chat now. There's also been um, uh, there's also been some some early analysis done now that it's it's shipping and people are getting this in their hands, which I haven't gotten it yet. Um, uh, the audio is also apparently has some issues because the 5.1 surround sound audio has not been mixed properly. So you're getting the wrong oh channels. Okay. I can't, I can't confirm that, but that's what I've seen fans say online who have actually popped these discs into their surround sound systems. I'm pissed, man. <laughs> it, oh, gosh. I love MGM and the people who work on Stargate. I do too, man. Gate World, man, for the last 20 years, we've been going out of our way to really help and support licensees. Uh, but this looks this looks like a, a, a low-budget job. It looks like somebody this is did the, not they're, put any care yeah. or, or attention into they're, this. They're trying to squeeze some money out of it. Um, and it's really, really simple little things. Yeah, the audio... I didn't even know about that. That's that's not so simple or little. Um, that can make it better. And it's like, we just keep on missing yeah. the target, you know? And I get the feeling that it's like, well, it's Stargate, you know? If this were Star Wars, this would be unacceptable. And there's, there's a lot unacceptable. of... unacceptable. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's a huge franchise, but this is unacceptable. Yeah. This should not have happened. And people are all in the comments and I, you know, reading... Uh, online over the years it's like the, people are like you know why doesn't why don't they bring stargate back well they tried and not enough people bought it and that was on stargate command and we were looking at those numbers we were looking to see what was going to happen and the subscribers weren't there and i talked with a lot of people they wanted it for free you can't get it for free now you have to pay for it and people voted with their wallets and they most of them deemed origins uh, uh sub satisfactory We've and also, so, with respect to Origins, we've also, over the last two years since it came out, I've, I've seen a lot of people say, I didn't know this thing existed. Didn't even know it existed at all. The fact that it was it was ghettoed on Stargate Command, no offense to Stargate Command, but... It's, Stargate Command is gone. Most of Stargate's audience is not its hardcore fan base. Right, exactly. Yeah, it needed... It, when, it, when, it, when it went on to iTunes, it exploded. Stargate Origins exploded. And yeah. the, the film version is is far superior to the 10-episode cut. It's it's far superior, in my, yeah. in, in my opinion. I agree, for sure. Um, Stargate Universe finally has a Season 2 release on Blu-ray. And I put that box now, art that up here weird? as well. Isn't that weird I'll... that Season 2 was never released on Blu-ray? Until this point. Yeah, I'll take it. This is actually the DVD box art for, for Stargate Universe. Uh, but yeah, the complete series is now available uh, on Blu-ray. I've had, you know, 1080 copies of Season 2, but those are from, you know, the Apple uh, releases back in the day. So yeah. it's, it's nice to have. That's where I bought it originally. A, right, exactly. It's nice we to have a physical copy. We were living in Scotland and we bought them on Apple, iTunes. Right. So that, that is at least being done done right. 
That's so. the new one. That's that's shipping just this week. Uh, it is. You, the complete season starting uh, on the 15th. It's now shipping. Uh, it's again, it's a situation where we don't actually know what's on the box or what's in, in the box on the discs. Uh, like, so you know, diaries, things like that. I can't know? confirm for you that it has all the bonus features. I can't confirm that it's 1080. Does VEI you would, want to sell this stuff? You would think that it <laughs> is because it's readily available. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. We've okay. talked about MGM uh, librarians reaching up off the shelf and, and sending something out. We don't know if these are 1080 episodes. Okay. Yeah. One of the things that was that was frustrating when we were when we were working on Stargate command was the inconsistency from season to season of what was streaming online some of the seasons were were widescreen some of them were full screen you know that and there were different reasons for each it was kind of all over the place and my line of thinking was incorrectly why don't you just go to the dvds you know i can rip them for you right now and turn everything over but you can't do that you know that's not how it works it has to go through a specific process um and uh, it, it we 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 provided the product you know to fans for what was it seven eight months that it was that it was online, um, no that that was the the second version of the website so the first version was was up there far longer but that Stargate Command was online Stargate Command was online I can't even yeah. tell you how long it wasn't it two was years September 2017 through December 2019 so a little over two years so it was a little over two years wow man how time has flown I don't remember that at all. So, yeah, may it yeah. rest in peace. Yeah, but um, still hoping and maybe for the, get some of that content that you guys made. Uh, your lips to God's ear, man. So uh, dialing home about you know not even not even half of the of the dialing home content is is up on YouTube, and there was a promise to have a complete transfer of of um, pretty much all of that uh, a library for free, um, because only six or seven countries were able to see the content that was posted on. Stargate Command because it was it was geolocked everywhere else, but yeah, it was like use well, a VPN and I could never say anything. It's like people are like why well, can't access it? It's like VPN. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm always you can yeah. still pay for it. You know, you can you can still pay for it. You're not, it's not like you're going to get it for free. So yeah, and some people think VPN usage is shady. Uh, for the most part, I don't think it's shady. Uh, VPNs are perfectly legal. Uh, yep. You're not breaking, usually depending on what you're doing with your VPN, you're not right. breaking any laws. Uh, you're just circumventing a company's effort to restrict their services. Correct. That's exactly right. So, so yeah, now with VEI, we have DVD and Blu-ray editions for all three shows, for SG-1, for Atlantis as well, and now for Universe. So you can buy, you can own Blu-rays for the whole franchise, uh, but again, buyer beware. Uh, Gateworld can't tell you what's on these just yet uh, until we actually get our hands on them and, and can start to do some testing. Yep, absolutely. Anything else on any of these topics? It's going to be an interesting year. We'll see how things unfold. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I'd, I'd love to have something to talk about. I mean, obviously, we've we've got uh, the news here to to hit on here, but um, you titled our, our live stream Q1 news updates. So I'm picturing us back here in <laughs> April for Q2. And I'm thinking, I don't know how much there's going to be to talk about three months from now. Well, you know what? We there's can not skip a lot it. going on right now. 
If there if there isn't, then we won't do it. You know, I'm not going to just yeah. have you on just to look at your pretty face. Well, um, the people demand. <laughs> um, no, there could be there could be huge news, and this is this is obviously another reason why the Gate World podcast that uh, I'm now doing with Adam Barnard uh, is very irregular. We'll do two or three a year, maybe because. I mean, yeah, no we news, could. There's no news. We could come up with things to talk about. We could, we could do a rewatch. We could, we could talk about the Tolan. Um, <laughs> but um, there's nothing in Stargate world going on right now. Yeah. Other than we keep releasing uh, a new YouTube video every time uh, Brad or Joe Malazzi says something. Yeah. The, the the new Stargate project is still a thing and is not dead yet. Uh, that's yep. worth covering. It's worth telling to fans that this this hasn't gone into the dustbin yet four chevrons locked i think was the last one yeah five five chevrons are five that's what joe said five chevrons are locked. five chevrons locked wow okay all right i've got uh submissions we have questions number of number of questions yeah uh some of them are related to what we've been talking about some of them are completely unrelated so Teresa. Question for David and Darren. If you were able to choose any role or type of character in the Stargate series, what would it be? Villain, commander, alien? I guess any role for ourselves? I'd probably have to be a tech guy. Something like Eli. I want a non-speaking role that is just walking across the background. (laughs) But I want to appear all the time. I want to be a background extra who is like gets conspicuous after five or six episodes. <laughs> Summer, is there a place we can write to officially protest the Netflix rating that would make a difference? I, I mean, it's not an incorrect rating for the pilot. That's the problem. What they've you know? done is they've they've taken the pilot's rating and applied it to the whole series. Um, but they, what they need is to either get their hands on the syndicated version of the pilot or ideally the final cut. I, the only thing I can think of is to, is to keep on bringing it up in, on Twitter. Tell Netflix. I mean, I don't know who runs Netflix's yeah. Twitter account. If that's a uh, customer, usually big companies, uh, customer service will run that and certain topics will get kind of collated and reported up the chain. You know, like these 30 people are talking about Stargate. Uh, so if you make enough noise, there's potentially a way for it to get in front of people. That's how Netflix. anything gets done at this point is, you know. But yeah, it's got to be a, volume. It's got to be a tweet storm. It's, it's it's not going to be you, me, and the next guy a couple of times a week. It's got to be a big event. Yep. Yep. Eva Lipinska, what streaming platform would fit to make a new Stargate in your opinion? I, Unless it's extremely explosive and amazing... It doesn't get more than one or two seasons anymore, you know, and Stargate is not a cheap show to make, despite the fact that it's not like not perhaps as expensive as as like a Star Trek Discovery or a Star Trek Picard. Some of these streaming shows are getting big budgets these days. Yeah. And they unless they're um, really bringing in uh, a a number of of viewers and they're unless they're making um, a, a real big impact on social media. They just kill him, you know. Um, Travelers was picked up by Netflix for a, a third season. It was a great third season, and I'm guessing it. They didn't get the numbers that they wanted for it, and they killed it. So, I mean, would you be content with a one or two season Stargate, you know, series? 
I think we have to get used to that idea. Honestly, if if a new Stargate series is announced on Monday, tomorrow, I think we have to get used to the idea that streamers are looking for a, a smaller portion. You're not going to get like an NCIS that goes on forever. No. Uh, and there's been some reporting on this the last few years. Folks might have seen um, uh, reporting on Netflix cancellations. For Netflix, at least, unless a show really hits the cultural zeitgeist, like Stranger Things. Stranger Things is the one I think of, yeah. Yeah. And that's um, only doing four years. It seems to be Netflix is capping most of their originals at about three seasons. Uh, and it's because, right, they're not ad-supported. They're, they're subscription-supported. So they are not going to make... Once they kind of hit a maximum number of people that are, are going to be drawn to the service or stay with the service, renew their monthly for Stargate... Uh, uh, then the show ends. And I think that was the case with Travelers. They were going for a kind of magic three seasons uh, because Netflix's internals tell them uh, that's about how much their viewers want of a show in order to feel satisfied, in order to feel like they got a, a complete product. Mm-hmm. Regardless of where the story goes. It's yeah. kind of a volume thing. So, John42, what happened to the notebook props Daniel and Jonas wrote in? I didn't get them at PropWorks, so they were already gone at that point. Hmm. Um, there were people uh, before PropWorks were involved that did get their hands on a lot of that stuff. A I'm different sh- auction house? Yeah, well, yeah, I forget the the name of it. They were involved with GateCon for a little while there, and you would show up at GateCon, and these these props would be for sale, and these costumes would be for sale, these original pieces. to. And fortunately, they got into the hands of a lot of fans. But uh, there's some private collector out there that has that. I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, I've always been curious if if there were pieces that you were looking for that never showed up and all the work that you did with prop works that you just never saw come across there. I had some interesting stories, man, uh, that I can tell you. We one is just is just absolutely wild. Um, the Cull Warrior battle armor. Wasn't complete. It was missing his codpiece and like a Somebody belt. stole Dan Payne's codpiece. Someone stole Dan Payne's codpiece and belt. And there was an attachment on his arm that wasn't there either. And we had the uh, props organized for the first auction to get, uh, to get them photographed. And we're putting the Call Warrior together. And we're getting him ready for, for photographing. I think for the first auction. And this stuff has been in my warehouse. We've been in L.A. for Orange County for 10 months. And we've moved some stuff around, including the gold dashboard for the um, the mothership, the bridge set. The, the one that has the... The, the big Peltec. The Peltec. Yeah, the, the piece that opens goes and closes. Up and, down. and I have my hand there while we're getting ready to, to shoot this thing for the, for the Call Warrior. And my hand shifts a plate on the side of one of the pieces for the ghoul uh, Peltec dashboard. And I push it aside, and inside <laughs> is the missing piece for the cold oh, The cod piece? Not the cod piece. That was never recoverable. Oh, but okay. one of his arm pieces. Yeah. Right when it was needed. <laughs> Of thousands of items in the entire Somebody warehouse. Somebody slipped it in there. It had been there for years. And at the time that it was oh needed, gosh. it was reconnected with its... You couldn't, you couldn't make this up. 
That's hilarious. Extremely strange. Also, similarly, the I had the original uh, the original location SG one location gate uh, down with me in Orange County, and we were going to take it up to uh, this EMPS FM museum. I think I've told this story before in Seattle the, for yeah. the auction. The week it was needed, for the week that we were doing the auction, a few hundred miles north was when they were filming the episode with Kelowna for SGU. It was needed that same week, and I already already had it for like a year. So we weren't able to put up the Stargate uh, to have it reassembled, uh, the, the location gate for the auction, because mm. because they were filming SGU season Was two. it supposed to be sold at that auction? We did sell it at that auction. A set piece. The Sci-Fi Museum bought it for seventy-five grand. Okay. Yep. So those there's a couple of interesting stories for you. Yeah, that's amazing. Akos Thomas Novaki, the Destiny Gate is also wrong on the cover of the box. No way. Oh, let's see this box art. Pull this up. (laughs) I see it. (laughs) The Destiny or the Destiny Gate? The Destiny Gate. Yep. They oh, deleted right. at least one Chevron. <laughs> well, the, the symbols are not there. The dots and dashes are not there. That's the back side of it. Oh, that's the back of it. Yeah. Yeah, there's at least one whole Chevron missing. My God. <laughs> oh, for Pete's sake. Somebody took a class on Photoshop. I guess so. They were able to blend pretty well for the most part, but I mean, come on, guys. Come on. What are we doing? Anyway, thank you, Akos Thomas Novaki. Ian, hey, dude. Joseph Malazzi's show just got greenlit. Yes. Do you see that as good news for an SG show? I did not know this. So congratulations, Joe. I'm going to have to text him. Yes, I've been meaning to do a write-up on this uh, for the site and haven't had a chance to do it yet. Well, good for him. The show is... Uh, the show is called, I believe, Powder Mage, and it's an adaptation of a fantasy book series. Uh, the report that I read did not indicate a broadcaster, so okay. it might be uh, currently being shopped. Okay. So we don't know where it's going to show up, but um, yeah, Joe Showrunner. Awesome. Good for him. That's fantastic. As to how it might impact Stargate... I wouldn't anticipate that it would impact Stargate at all no. because that project is currently uh, in production and Stargate is not. Uh, and even if they were in production at the same time, uh, I mean, we would hope that that Joe would get to do some writing and, and producing on a new Stargate series, but there's no guarantee that, no. that the old writer's room would get reassembled. No, there's no guarantee of that at all. The only one, the only one for sure is Brad. Um, I mean, he, he would be, more than able to go back to the likes of Rod and Rob and Joe and Paul and and uh, Carl Binder yeah, and, and Carl. You know, Martin Garrow's a little busy now, um, but yeah, Martin's too famous for Damian. Sure. Damian Kindler is 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 show running as well. All right, uh, Brian O'Neill Singleton. Would SGU have eventually touched on the mysterious furlings? I think that's probably a definitive no, but I don't know for sure. They were always kind of like we dealt with the furlings in season two in season ten with two hundred. We gave you a version of them. I, I yeah. seriously doubt it. It's always a possibility, I, I guess. It's always a possibility. I get the distinct impression that the the powers that be were content never fleshing out the furlings. They never really had any intention. 
right? Rob's told the story of how he just, he, he felt like the fifth race sounded better than the fourth race. Right. So he like was just making <laughs> up names name. and fans really grabbed onto it. Mm-hmm. Uh, From a mythology kept, perspective, not the name perspective. Yeah. You know, and we just kept, right. We kept asking about the furlings. Exactly. Every interview, every convention, people were constantly <laughs> asking the writers about the furlings. And so they did the 200 thing as a joke, but I don't think they ever intended to flesh out the furlings. I don't think so either. Akos, another question. Have you heard that Brad Wright is interested in using the LED wall technology of the Mandalorian in the next Stargate show? Have we heard that? Is he interested in that? It was brought up in the Companions okay. AMA. And he is interested? Um, that If people don't know this, you should go. If you've got Disney Plus and, and you've watched the Mandalorian, go and watch the, the behind-the-scenes special. What's it called? Uh, the, the one that's, that's as long as the series itself? Yeah, there's like a design, Star Wars design. Yeah, it's like special. designing. If I have it. I've just not watched it yet. Let me see the yeah. name here. Uh, go and watch those and you'll see how they shot the Mandalorian. They've got gigantic surround walls. Yeah, I forget uh, it. There's a name for it that they call it. Yeah, but it, it enabled them to do amazing stuff. Right? It uses video game technology so the camera can move around. It's and unreal. The, the background that's being uh, projected on the screen moves, tracks with the camera. Uh, it's incredible, right? So somebody asked Brad if, if he'd like to use something like this for a new Stargate show. Of course he said, yes. It's the, the cool, shiny new toy in, in film and television production that is really suited to sci-fi environments. Mm-hmm. Because you can I imagine you can it's also stuff. still pretty expensive. Yeah, you can render stuff in real time. And then, you know, reflections are the big thing. You get actual genuine reflections of of light and texture and everything else. It's called Disney gallery. Disney gallery is the behind the scenes show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they were, I think they were planning on doing more than one season, but the first season is the Mandalorian season one and it's eight episodes. I've not watched all of it yet. I've watched a piece of it. It's good. It's really fantastic. The, that light led light wall is just, yeah, you'll get to meet all the directors. You'll see shooting on set. And, uh, uh, it was at the end of that, the last episode for, for season one, where they revealed Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill has a cameo in season one of The Mandalorian. I've not seen season two of Mandalorian yet. You should watch it. Yeah, that's, I know. Uh, I've got. I've had it all show. spoiled for me. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> all that's, the secrets are spoiled. The world we live in nowadays, you gotta you gotta keep up on stuff. I, I, I like literally. There's so much television to keep up on. Mm-hmm. And almost everything I watch is sci-fi fantasy. Mm-hmm. There's so much to keep up on. I literally have to decide. I'm going to watch this one weekly so I don't get spoiled. I'm okay being spoiled on these. Right. Yeah. I've gotten to the point where like, I that's just the calculation now. I just choose which shows I'm going to get spoiled on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. I need to watch the Mandalorian season two at some point here. It's on my list. It's fantastic. I, um, I know it is. It's, I, if you haven't I, gotten to it yet, um, it's, it's my intent it's, to. I just haven't gotten around to it. I don't watch stuff as it airs anymore. I wait until it to yeah. until it finishes. And, and you've then been I watch that way for a while. You were you were one of my first uh, friends who adopted the DVD binge philosophy. Yeah, back when Lost was on. Not with everything, but yeah, Lost. Yeah. Well, because of the nature of Lost. So, but Game of Thrones, I watch that week to week. There's just nothing really on TV anymore, as far as I'm concerned. That's must watch television. That can't wait. Yeah. All right. If you haven't done it yet, um, it would be worth going back through Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels if you haven't seen them. They're great. Before you start season two of The Mandalorian. You want me to rewatch them? Uh, I could give you a list of some key episodes. Okay. I mean, I know, yeah, there's there are some pieces that definitely play. 
So you know, if you've been spoiled, you know a, a lot of the big characters. Oh yeah, from yeah. the animated that's all been blown out. Yeah, turn up. Yeah, they so wanted it, it's to make worth sure knowing were... their backstories. Yeah, well, I've only watched those in the last year anyway, so it's okay. pretty fresh. Did you finish? You finished Clone Wars and Rebels. Huh? Yep, Good. they're they're brilliant. Okay. Akos, another question. Akos has got a lot of questions here. Uh, could Gateworld reprint the uh, SG-1 book, Celebration of Ten Years? Um, would you officially produce or fan-raise uh, ones of Atlantis and Universe? Mm. We didn't We didn't have... We just had the rights to, to release them. Didn't you get a call at a certain point saying, you know, to get rid of, of the others that, that were left over? Yeah, here's the story. I'll give you the full scoop on this. Um the the celebration of 10 years is a, a big square paperback volume that was given out as a crew gift during the 10th season of SG-1. Uh, every year they had a big, a big crew party and uh, producers uh, would give a gift to the entire cast and crew. And they tried to do really cool things for the crew gifts. Uh, and in season 10, they wanted to do a, a memory book, especially once they... Uh, had gotten the sense that it was their going to be their last year. Um, they didn't know that it was going to be their last year, but they, they created a memory book. It's full of memories of production. Uh, and they want to do a big, full color, glossy book. And so Rob Cooper called me and said, uh, we, we want to offset the cost. We want to make it really cool. So in order to help us offset the cost of printing this thing, how about we autograph them and have GateWorld sell them to fans? So that was our role. Um, we, we got them from the studio. We got about a thousand of them originally. Uh, they went into a warehouse and we sold them online. Uh, we didn't sell out. They were a premium item that, that was a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a premium item. It was autographed. Every copy was autographed by a main cast member and a member of the writer's room. And so it was, re- it was really fun for a few months there for everybody to, to go on to GateWorld Forum and sort of try and decipher the autograph that they got. Who did you get? This looks like a this looks like a Joe Malazzi and a Claudia Black. Mm-hmm. Um, so they sold for GateWorld for for several years. They never sold out, and eventually, um, MGM asked us to stop selling them because they were not an officially licensed product. It was a favor for the production studio. So the rest of the stock, um, I held on to a few, which we've we've, we've done for giveaways. Uh, rather than sell them, we've done we auctioned some off at GateCon two years ago. I've got a few more copies that I'm going to bring to GateCon the next time that it's held, hopefully 2021. Uh, and the rest of them were destroyed. Yeah. That's it's... the shame of it. The rest of them were pulped. Yeah. So uh, we, we didn't print those. The answer to the question is um, we never printed those uh, and uh, they will never exist again. The copies that are out there in the wild are the only copies that exist. I think you can get occasionally get one on eBay uh, for a pretty penny. Um, yeah. They'll pop up and, and the Stargate cast and crew all got them. They got so the hardback ones. Every once in a while, you'll find one that is not autographed that pops up on eBay. And yeah. that's because it was a crew gift. Yeah. All right. Uh, Redux. Any chance of doing a stream, talking, exploring likes this about the various history of the strange development of the games that never launched? Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I would want to bring in some experts. Yeah, that'd be a good experts conversation. I do have, still have connections with a lot of the people at Stargate Worlds, and it's my intent. Once we get a few more dozen of these in, I do want to ask 
a lot of those uh, Stargate creators, particularly Chris Klug, who was developing the story on um, uh, Stargate Worlds. I do want him on. I haven't asked him yet. I'm not even sure that he would do it. Maybe he would say no. But there's always a chance he would say yes. And he was a huge fan of Brad's vision for what Stargate was. And I still have his... He wrote like a... Is this it? Over here? Let's see. Real quick. created a um like an outline for stargate worlds and it was what his it was it wasn't exactly an outline for stargate worlds but it was his like what he took away from what stargate sg1 was and it was a brilliant document and i it, it really just solidified like where they wanted to take stargate worlds in the long term philosophically and yeah. uh, it was sent to brad Wright, and brad's like this this guy's got it. He knows what he's he talking it. about. Yeah. He gets he's it. He's got the vision. Yeah. And um, I want to bring Chris, at the very least, on at some point and, and discuss what his vision of Stargate Worlds was. And then, then you had the, um, you know, the failed, uh, 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 the, well, they were all failed in one degree or another. The uh, Stargate SG-1 video game that was in development um, down in Australia. Yeah. Prior to Stargate Worlds, uh, a, a studio in Australia called Perception. Perception. Was developing Stargate SG One: The Alliance. Yes, this was in the I think PS Two era. Yes, and um, we are working on a feature. I've got uh, uh, some info that the head of Perception has sent me. He's answered some questions about the history of that and how it fell apart, and he sent me some new assets that I don't think have ever been seen online. So we're going to have a, a kind of whatever happened to Stargate SG One: The Alliance feature on GateWorld pretty soon. I played pieces of the game. And it, the parts of it I played were definitely fun. Um, but it just, I mean, it wasn't completed. So it just kept on crashing. Um, but yeah, I and they had voice acting. That. The they voice had, acting for it was completed. The main cast. They had the main cast do voices for that. Yeah. There's, there's whole chains of dialogue that, that you can connect together and listen to them talk. Um, like everybody came back. Corin Nemec, uh, Carmen Argenziano. I don't know about Tony Amendola. Uh, but it was it was it was tremendous work that they, that they had going on. And then uh, one of the things that's really frustrating about the modern era is that we had the uh, the the mobile games that came out, and it was two uh, two parts two parts of I think three. I think there was at least a third part planned, and yeah. the the Stargate SG one. Um, uh, I keep forgetting its name now as well. The the name escapes me. What it was called. Um, I just uh, Stargate SG One Unleashed. Yeah, I just added a new entry to GateWorld.net slash video games uh, this week because uh, there was another mobile game that I had forgotten existed until uh, it popped up on on Twitter. Somebody's gotten his hands on it, and it's going to make a YouTube video of a whole walkthrough of this game, Stargate SG One Entropy Syndrome, for mobile devices. Did you have any like how was it completed? Uh, yeah, this was completed and released in 2007. It's it looks like kind of a collection of mini games. There's okay. like a, a, a shoot the replicators as they're coming down the hallway toward you. Really? Uh, there's a puzzle lineup thing. Never heard of a, it. An isometric top down adventure sort of run and gun thing. Hmm. Um, it looks pretty fun. Stargate SG One Unleashed was great. It was uh, it was yeah. really good, and it once the company went, went belly up, you couldn't you can't play it anymore. 
you know, they, it exists they, nowhere. Yeah. And I never got around. I didn't have a device that supported it. So I never bought it. Yep. I had I it on my iPhone it. and I loved it. But, the trailers uh, are fantastic. Mm -hmm. This is, uh, this came out from Arcalis interactive in 2013. Arcalis is the same one that did unleashed. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Stargate SG one unleashed. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, and one of the novelists wrote this story. Mm -hmm. Who is it? I'm I think it's Sally. Sally Mo. Yeah, Sally herself did. Sally's uh, one of the chiefs of Fandemonium. Yep. Who publishes yeah, it, the Stargate novels? It had. So she wrote an original story for this. And was, did they ever release part three? No. No. I I guess it just didn't make enough money. They went bankrupt. Uh, but yeah, the first two parts were out, and they were um, Sekhmet. So it was really cool. Oh yeah, she was the big bad. She was the big bad. Yeah. yeah. She uh the Russians uh while they had their Stargate open, the Russians had a Gould. And she, the Gould escaped and took over a Russian lass. Mm. All right. It looks great. Yeah, it I'd was. I'd love to play it. Jerem hmm? You good? I was just gonna say we should talk to Sally about uh I would love the to. The rest of that story, what the story was and how it was going to end, because part three never came out. That's right. I'd love to talk to her about it. Jeremy uh, Heiner, I know you worked on Stargate Worlds as a community manager. Did you ever get to get the, see the game played or play it yourself? Also, uh, do you know if there are any working builds out there? I did play the game a fair amount, uh, and I really loved it. I really loved where the the story was going and what was coming down the pipe for it. They were going to do stuff with the Furlings. Uh, the Furlings were actually going to play a very a key role in the mythology of the game. They were going to introduce a new, um, a new uh, crystalline race called the Stragus. Uh, the studio was actually asking them, you know, can you replace that with the Titans? The the the, the studio was um, uh, Stargate Cheyenne Mountain was very the the people who were developing Stargate Worlds they they loved the name Stragus and and Brad and Rob and the others were like well you know we've never done the Titans might, might as well just why don't you just use like that angle to it and they were thinking about it the last I heard but mm. um, yeah the game the the funding wasn't there for it at the end they the studio started going for different um, uh, tried to expand its portfolio and launching a a racing game title. They were working on a title uh, for Deadlands. My understanding, and I, I don't know if this is true or not, was that these funds were earmarked for Stargate Worlds and the, the money went to uh, these other titles and Stargate Worlds lost thrust. Mm. And it just didn't, it didn't come out. It's, it's such a huge shame because as far as I'm aware, millions of dollars were spent on this thing. And oh, at least, yeah. Yeah, you reported on Gate World the everything that went down with that, you know? Yeah. That, uh, boy, if it was sad that the Alliance never came out, uh, worlds died in a massive fireball. Yeah. And I knew uh, these people, the there people were, who were yeah. affected by it. There were didn't get mutual paid. recriminations and lawsuits and it was gross. Yeah. Uh, Akos, do you think there will be more SG? There could be more SG spinoffs after SG four. Um, that could be successful like Star Trek has done. I think that if Stargate could, if we could get Stargate back, I think that we would be on a whole new train ride. I really do. Um, I think that the possibilities for that are absolutely wide open. So Teresa, what Stargate characters would you like to see return for a new Stargate series? Specifically, um, I'd love to have Sarah Gardner back. 
Good choice. Uh, I would love to see Charles Shaughnessy back as Alec Coulson. I just kind of assumed that he was on Destiny or out there somewhere. I was actually working on a treatment called Stargate Oblivion, which um, was uh, going to be a six-novel series with Diana Botsford, in which we, we brought Charles Coulson back, as well as a few others. Because um, he's off world somewhere, and that was never answered. So, what happened to him? So, someone like that doesn't just go away. You know, you don't put Elon Elon Musk on Alpha Site and expect him to stay quiet. <laughs> so, Darren, yeah, those are good choices. I'd I'd have to go back kind of through the the mythology and and figure out who makes sense. Right, mm-hmm. ten, fifteen years later, who makes sense to still be around? Because I think it's got to make sense for the story. It can't just be fan service. Exactly right. It can't just be to make uh, make all of us SG One fans stand up and say, "Hey, Braytac, there he is. He's talking about being 168." <laughs> yeah, it has to have. I would relevance. love to see Braytac, but yeah, it's got to make sense for whatever story they're telling. Absolutely. Uh, Akos, do you think Dean Devlin will really pitch his own Stargate series? Would it be part of the Brad Wright universe? Dean Devlin and uh, Jonathan Glasner were actually talking about a Stargate uh, potential uh, project um, that wouldn't necessarily directly tie into uh, Brad Wright's uh, universe so much as perhaps sidestep it, so they could still sit to they could still sit together, kind of like the alternate reality uh, for Star Trek. Um, but we didn't get into a great deal of information about it. So, yeah, the impression possible. I got was that it was kind of a multiverse idea, that uh, it, it would exist in a, a separate timeline and wouldn't necessarily interfere with another project. Although right, there's business reasons for not having more than one universe operative mm. at the same time. But yeah, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Uh, Raj Luthra, do you think Joe Flanagan would be interested in purchasing Stargate Atlantis once again, or perhaps the whole franchise? Stargate would probably have to be sold altogether, uh, and if it were to go up on the on the selling block, I wouldn't be surprised if Flanagan, you know, put up his paddle and and said, "Hey, right here," it wouldn't surprise me at all. Be interesting to see what kind of a show he would want. Um, yeah, his his sensibilities were not exactly necessarily the same as Brad's. Um, I think he really enjoyed the more actiony angle. I think, I think if he were to, to show run, I think you, you couldn't expect a more contemplative version of the franchise. I think you would get a more run and gun version of it. So your mileage would vary. Be inter- I, I wouldn't necessarily yeah. be, a, I wouldn't be opposed. So, yeah, for, for people who don't know this this story, uh, after the bankruptcy, after SGU went off the air, Joe Flanagan was talking at one point, not about buying Stargate, but about leasing Stargate, which is a weird idea, to lease IP from the studio that owns it. Uh, basically, to just get a license to make his own Stargate show, since they weren't doing anything with it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but to do that, uh, I don't know that Joe has pockets that deep. He He gathered a group of investors who were interested in that. Uh, and as far as we know, made a formal pitch to the studio. He did. I think so that they... for him to actually then go and buy it uh, would obviously require a much bigger investment from yeah. from partners. It's not a bad idea. Um, Jeremy... I'd love to see the franchise in, in the hands of somebody who cares. Yeah. Not that MGM doesn't. I, I think they do. I think people inside MGM really love Stargate and want the right project. Bigger to, to fish get to made. fry. 
but yeah, it's not it's not on the the forefront of their imagination right now. Yeah, Jeremy, uh, any update on when Eagle Moss will produce the uh, Stargate ships and what will be available first, Darren? Uh, we've asked. We've asked Eagle Moss. Uh, we're chatting with them behind the scenes to kind of get ready for their big rollout. Uh, so hopefully you'll hear it first on GateWorld. You'll probably hear it first on Twitter from Eagle Moss, but you'll hear it second on GateWorld. <laughs> uh, this this so, was pretty terrific news when I heard this. Yeah, yeah, they're doing they're pretty uh, relevant IP they're doing, right now. Uh, diecast model ships from the Stargate universe. Um, so we don't know yet when the first ones will come out. Probably, let me double check my email and see if he told me. Probably the end of 2021, I would guess, mm-hmm. would be about the earliest that something would be available for sale. But just what ships those would be, uh, we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The Eagle Moss knows yet. They probably have a wish list, um, but everything with licensing has to go through MGM and, and get approval. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same with like vinyl figures and everything. I, I know a lot of people keep on asking, when will Pop do Stargate yeah. figures? The Pop's, Pop's not interested awesome. in Stargate figures as far as I'm aware. Um, the fan-made ones are incredible. They are really good. Akos, uh, why was the Stargate Command app not extended outside of uh, six countries? Licensing. Licensing deals with every individual country. It's a whole thing uh, I, that I don't have time to get into now, but it was a licensing issue. And we were planning on expanding it. But, I mean, that's that's where we're at to, uh, to begin with. So, VPN. I can say that now. If you're going to whisper that to yourself in the past, Teresa. So, would it be better if MGM sold the series or tried to redeem itself? Your guess is as good as mine at this point. You know, I mean, MGM successfully ran uh, 264 hours of television. No, 300 and is it 300 and four? How many? No, 254. Is that right? That's a lot of TV. So you know what? Anything, anything's possible. I think a lot of people, when we're talking about MGM and what they're doing and what they're not doing over the last decade, a lot of people uh, think of MGM as one thing, as one corporate mm-hmm. entity. Uh, and that's useful to a degree, but you also got to realize that there are people inside of MGM who have got to want to do it and have got to fight for it. And have got to be in a position where fighting for it's going to do anything. So Stargate benefited for so many years in the the early 2000s in the aughts really benefited from from people like charlie cohen mm. being on the inside being an executive at mgm who was and in a, a position of the product to fight for stargate and make it happen yep as brad tells it he's basically responsible for sg1 moving to sci-fi channel which is uh right from there we get not only five more seasons of sg1 and two movies but we also get a spin-off sci-fi channel now wants to do atlantis Two years later, Charlie Cohen. Yeah, that's a big deal. I'd love to have him on. Uh, all right. Joe Stallworth. I know about novelizations of SFF series, science fiction series. How do you all feel about any continuation SG1 season 11, so to speak, of Stargate in graphic novels format? I would love to watch it. I mean, the novels have their own continuity. Um, there have been a few comics that have been released. They're all really cool. I've got Eris Bach one around here somewhere for when Sam Jones comes on. We're still figuring out the Good. date right now. So he's going to be coming up, as is uh, Saul Rubinick in uh, uh, perhaps February. Not, it's not going to be January yet, but uh, there's some – side note, there's uh, some cool people some coming cool down the pipe. cool people coming up, for sure. Yep. 
Jeremy Heiner, have you seen The Expanse? Darren's seen it. Is that um, that you like it? You you made a comment earlier about uh, there just like not being any appointment TV uh, on anymore that makes you want to watch week to week. The Expanse is the best science fiction currently being made. Period. Really? Yeah. Wow. And it took me a couple of seasons to get into it. Season really? One, I was lost. I couldn't figure out you know who's that guy, what's the relationship to who, uh, why is he going over there? Season two, it started to click. And then season three was was just bananas good. And the, it it starts to, honestly, for a lot of us, it starts to feel like Stargate a little bit with season three because of a really important plot development that I won't spoil. But season five is <laughs> season five is out now. Season five is currently streaming. And it's it's just it's it's a fantastic show. Uh, I've heard that the end is is now in sight for it. Like they've got like a couple more seasons planned and then that's going to be it. Yeah. So they've said that season six is going to be the last. Because it's got like 10 books, doesn't it? But then the writers. Um, so there are two two writers of the novels who write oh. together under a shared pen name. Really? Uh, J.A. Corey or something like that. The two writers are also working on the TV series. I don't know if they write, but they're they're consultants or, or something like that. Um, so when the news came out that season six of The Expanse was going to be the last on Amazon, uh, I think one of the writers came out and said, for now. Like, it's the, the end for now, but it's going to be written in such a way that it's not necessarily the last Expanse that will ever be made. Huh. Okay. Well, I have not seen it, and I have everything that's been released, and I'm looking forward to getting the rest of it and mowing it down. So, and Sh- Shora um, Agdashlu, is that how you pronounce her name? I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, oh, she's from, she's the Iranian actress. That she, she was in Star Trek uh, Beyond as well as Admiral Paris. Commodore Paris. Beats me. Okay, she's in The Expanse, dude. And and she's got this amazing deep yeah. voice. She I could listen be, to her yeah. read the phone book. Christian Avasarella. Great uh, okay. character. I, I, Great I love listening to her. And I'm really looking forward to the show just for her. So, yeah. yeah. All the characters. I mean, again, it took me a couple of years to figure out who was aligned with who and what their motivations were. But I just I love all the characters right now. Right now, I'm really enjoying Amos. Yep. Amos is hilarious. Okay. Dr. Essex. Like, how'd she look? No, what, what was she wearing? <laughs> Dr. Essex, can you sell shot some set locations for us with trivia? Uh, my intention is to do um, Stargate locations at some point, is to go back up to Vancouver and shoot some stuff. Uh, we did some stuff for season two of Dialing Home. We were going to do a spinoff show on Stargate Command called Point of Origin. And we filmed six or seven different little docu-series vignettes up there. One was at Jack's Cabin. Um, another was at... Uh, uh, we, we wanted to do... We did did one you go to Simon Fraser? No. Simon, Simon Fraser wanted money from us. They, they wanted... Really? They, it was, was going to be a huge amount of money to go there and film. Because we were trying to tell... Because Simon Fraser, you know, he does... is used to, like, big big productions, you know, going and spending several yeah. days there. They and probably we were just trying, have a rate... Right. And we were trying to, they were like, okay, well, for one day, it's going to be X thousands of dollars. And for two days, it's, gonna be, it's like, no, 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 it's going to be like two people and one camera. You know, it's not going to be this whole thing. And, and every time we plan on doing it, they were like, yeah, there's 
they're, they're shooting this show is shooting this week. So it's what? like, God's sakes, you know, if I go up there, I'm just going to go on the campus and film it. <laughs> so and my little my little dial the gate show, no one will ever notice. Yeah. So ask for for forgiveness rather than for right. Permission. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not going to just do it like that. I am actually going to let them know that I'm there. But at some yeah. point, when COVID is over, we'll definitely yeah. be going back to Vancouver to go to these different places and do trivia. Yeah, I can't wait to go back. I need a co-host uh, to do that because I don't want to be on camera for those. I need I need someone of the female persuasion to do that for me um, so that we go up there and, and film all that together. I'm much more comfortable behind the camera. Always have been. So uh that'd be really fun if you don't know what we're talking about simon fraser university you're gonna recognize Talana. the campus most as Tolana. yep brian o'neill singleton were there any topics or storylines that we would have loved to have seen played out or have specific guests come on the shows i'm assuming stargate um i mean i i'd love to have had uh sarah gardner back so anna louise plowman um yeah there have been I think that I would have loved to have seen more of um, Lou Diamond Phillips. I think that he would have been great as a, as a lead. So we're talking about on the show now. Uh, not specifically dial dial the gate, but uh, or on dial the gate. Yeah, any topics storylines storylines that you would have loved to have seen play out. So Stargate. Yeah, Lou Diamond Phillips. I'd loved. I'd love to get. I've been trying to get in touch with his manager, but there's two phone numbers, and they both direct to the other one. So if anyone has contact with Lou Diamond Sounds Phillips. Sounds like somebody who doesn't want to be gotten a hold of. Right, exactly. I've been, been trying to do it, and I can't get a hold of him. So if anyone has contact with Lou over Twitter or something like that, please let He's him know. He's pretty responsive that... to fans on Twitter. Oh, he is? Okay, he I is, may yeah. just have to do it because I want to talk to him about Tinderbox. That's the, I mean, I do want to talk to him about SGU, but he just came out. He just wrote a novel, and I inhaled it in two days. <laughs> it's it's nice. a great book. So, uh, Redux, since... It's been so many years since the shows were left with cliffhangers. Do you think a continuation in video game form with the cast returning would be ideal to continue the story? I have said for years, digital animation would be the way to finish it. Not necessarily a video game, but digital animation. It's come such a long way. Uh, and it's only getting cheaper. So, you know, I think that that would be a great way to wrap up Atlantis and wrap up Universe. But, you know, like Rob has said in the interviews that we've had him on, there's very little reason at this point to go back to that other than just fan service. You have to create something that's going to push the story forward. And I suspect in SG4, we will find out what happened you know, to those missions. We'll find out what happened to the Wraith, and we will find out what happened to Destiny. But is there really money at this point in going back and shooting that stuff? And to be perfectly honest, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure. Fan service makes sense to me if you've got a show up and running, you're doing a live action SG4 show, uh, to, to do some kind of fan service as short form web content. Mm-hmm. Do five minute shorts, do something animated with the cast back doing their voices. Um, I'd rather see that as supplemental material. Agreed. To a show. Yep, yeah, 100%. All right. Okay. Akos, last question. Will you invite Brad Wright? Brad, Brad has an open invitation to be on Dial the Gate. So uh, he, he has said to me he will do it. It's just a question of it's just a question of when. So all right. Those are the questions. So thank you guys. Absolutely. Thank you, Darren. Yeah. Thanks for the questions. It was a lot was, of fun. This was tremendous to have you on. I don't know if we'll do a Q2 news um, uh, uh, news deb- debrief. We'll Hopefully yeah. there will be a reason to. 
I got to get busy and write some news stories. And if there's no good news to report, um, maybe we'll just fabricate stuff. <laughs> right, because that'll go over well. Maybe I'll just trash my 20-year reputation. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, never... there's, like the headlines that have been appearing over the last couple of weeks. I don't know if you've seen these Stargate headlines. Oh, about my a new, gosh. New movie reboot that's based on nothing. Based on, like, one comment somewhere. Like, one stray electron landed on something, and it was like, oh, there, look. I don't know what's well, happening. The, the source is one person who claims to have insider knowledge. Uh who has locked their stuff behind a Patreon account. So if you want to go give them $4.99, you might be able to hear what he thinks an insider knows about MGM making a new Stargate movie. I'd love it. There's a reason it's not appeared on GateWorld. Yeah. For those who have been asking. Ah, if you were going to run something about it? Yeah. Yeah. It's not credible enough. And you and I were always really big. I, I wanted, uh, truth be told, every couple of years I would come back to him and say, can we please do an April Fool's of some sort? And Darren was like, no. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I was very against April Fool's. Yeah. Um, it's not a good feeling to get to get messed with. Yeah. To get your hopes up about something. I got fooled several years ago by a Firefly reunion. Oh, God. That always comes up just pissed me off and then there was another one not related to sci-fi that i was sitting in panera and (laughs) googling whatever whatever it was i ended up coming across this long extensive essay that i ended up reading that was like transforming the way that i was thinking about this this particular topic which is germane to my profession and uh i got to the end and realized that it was on april 1st it had been published on april 1st and it was now like August 14th, oh, six years later. It wasn't later, even the day. And it was still left up. And I don't think the author even said at the bottom that it was an April Fool's joke. It was just kind of a tongue in cheek. And I had to sit there and look at it for another five minutes before I realized before it clicked. that it was just BS. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Gate World is Gate World has not done April Fool's jokes and never will as long as I live and breathe. We were, we wanted to do. I, there is some footage of me with Thor at uh, one of the Stargate conventions, and we filmed That's this right. whole segment. And I was trying to grab Michael Shanks to see if he would do some Thor dialogue to get recorded under this tape recorder, and we just mimed Thor because Morris Chaplin was there. I'm pretty sure, and he was packing up Thor and putting him away. And I asked for this five minute thing with Thor, and we did. We shook hands, we hugged. It was just ridiculous, but uh, it's out there. So it's it's in one of my hard drives somewhere. Yeah. All right, man. I think that's all the news that's uh, that's fit to print. Good times, just like old times. I know, right? Just a little bit more modern. So yeah. I appreciate having you on. I appreciate you doing this. So Joseph Malazzi, David Blue, and Jan Newman are next weekend. And Excellent. Andy Makita and James C.D. Robbins will be our pre-recorded episodes to finish out January 31st. Andy was great. Talked with him last week. So that's in the can. And then James will be will be recording him like the twenty uh, the twenty fifth or something like that. So very good. Yeah, James Robbins is the one I'm most excited about. As soon as I you decided too. to have a, a live stream show where you were doing long form conversations and covering Stargate history, like James C D Robbins is was in my top ten right off the bat. One of the most so guys out there. You know him and Ken Rebel. They defined that show. So in in so many respects. So, all right. Production designer. Exactly. Production designer, designer, artist. 
thank you again. And I'm going to wrap this thing up. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody in chat. Talk to you soon, man. See you next time. You take care of yourself. Darren Sumner from GateWorld.net, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks again to uh, Tom over at Working Props for creating this magnificent uh, destiny here, which will soon uh, be in the background of ships. Um, You can check his work out at working-props.com. I do have fan art to share with you, if I can pull this up here. This is submitted by Sally Bennett, and she has created several pieces. If I can get everything together here in order, and I can't. You're just going to have to give me a second here to to pick up the pieces. Um, Sally has, uh, these are little fabric dolls. And they're the coolest little things that I've seen because they are absolutely spot on. There we go. Okay, got it. So she says, Sally says, I made John, Rodney, Taylor, and Ronan out of felt and have recently also made Todd. So there's Todd. They have full removable outfits, including vests and weapons, which fit into their holsters and have elastic Velcro or snap fasteners so they, they can hold them. Rodney has a backpack that his laptop fits into as uh, well. So let me see. Let me see here. I guess we can't see Rodney's backpack from there. I've also attached a couple of views of Atlantis that I pasteled this week. So let me pull that. That is magnificent. And that's apparently Atlantis in The Last Man. That is really cool. Out of pastels. And she also did another one here that classic stock shot of the base. And she also did a, wait for this, Lego Atlantis. (laughs) One of her obsessions is Atlantis, along with my SGA stories, as always, during the first lockdown. So I guess she's been creating some uh, fan content as well. That's uh, pretty much all I have for you here. I would like to give a shout out one more time to the um, the Discord channel that is now live. If you're a Discord user, if you're a gamer at all, uh, then you'll know what that is. Uh, Claire Burr and Reese, they set this up. So the Discord address is right there. If you enjoyed the show, please do consider giving us a like or a subscribe. It helps tremendously with the algorithm as well as commenting. So... Uh, really, really appreciate everyone who's uh, doing that. Summer, Ian, Tracy, Keith, Jeremy, you guys are rock stars. Rock stars. Could not do the show without you. And uh, as well as um, uh, Jennifer Kirby and Linda Gategabber Fury, we've got some fun stuff coming for you. Hopefully, we'll be getting some t-shirts to you and the designs pretty soon here within the next uh, couple of weeks. Hopefully, crossing my fingers, we'll release those designs. Really cool stuff. I'm really proud of the work that we're doing. So that's all that I've got for you guys. I really appreciate you tuning in. And we will be bringing you at 11 a.m. Pacific time on the 23rd, Joseph Malazzi for part uh, four of his interview. And David Blue will be joining us at 1 p.m. Pacific time, January the 23rd. And then at 3 p.m. Pacific time, Jan Newman, Makeup Key from Stargate SG-1. Gotta love Jan. You're going to love her. My name is David Reed. This is Dial the Gate. Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll see you on the other side. Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. 
The producer is Darren Sumner, co-produced by Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acree. Animations by Bryce Ors. The production assistant is Jennifer Kirby. Moderators include Summer Roy, Keith O'Mell, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo design by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots, with contributions by model makers Chris Baker, Stephen Barr, Kevin Zabo, and Tom Paris. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Fred Eric Marcoux. For general inquiries for submissions, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes, at dialthegate.com. <laughs>